Hello everyone, this is Dr. Megan Miller and I am super excited to have Dr. Mary Barbera with us today to talk about a few things. The biggest thing is the launch of her new book, Turn Autism Around, yay, which launches tomorrow. Um, but before we get into that, I wanted to tell you about a contest that we're doing and we are so excited because Mary is including some special goodies for us. So for those of you who don't know, we are hosting a conference on April 23rd called Oh Hey BCBA, and it's a collab conference with Defy. And Defy is hosting, or uh, I guess creating a contest that will start either tomorrow, no, sorry, Wednesday or Thursday. And we've been connecting with behavior analysts and other people to create a BCBA survival guide. So Mary has graciously offered to provide her verbal behavior bundle online course, which is valued at $997. Um, it includes early and intermediate courses, as well as 25 bonuses and two four-part ethics offerings. So 32 BCBA learning CEs. Um, if, you've, if the winner of the survival kit has already taken this course, then they can win one year of membership instead. Um, I'm gonna post the link so you can learn more information about Mary's course in the comments after I finish this introduction. But that's just one of the things that we're going to have in the survival kit. We have a lot of different things that Carol from Defy has been working on gathering for us. And people are generously contributing to uh, one lucky winner will get. So if you haven't followed Defy on Facebook or Instagram, I will post that in the comments as well. And you can keep your eyes peeled for that contest and make sure to register so you can have a chance to win Mary's course. Mary, sorry for the long introduction. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. It's launch week and I feel like I am birthing a baby. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's exciting. So thanks for having me on. We've been friends for, oh gosh, probably since 2007 or 2008 when you read my first book. So, um, you know, we've been, we've been friends for a long time. So I appreciate you, um, your support. You wrote a blurb for the book. You read a preview copy and um, yeah, it's nice to be here. Well, it's so funny that you said it's like birthing a baby. Did you feel like that when you wrote your first book, The Verbal Behavior Approach? Not as much. Um, back then, um, you know, I was a, back in 2006, I wrote The Verbal Behavior Approach. And then in 2007, it was published by a small niche publisher. And um, um, I didn't, I, I guess I didn't know if it was going to be any big deal. And most books only sell less than a thousand copies in their whole lifetime. And it kind of, as I was writing, built momentum. I got Dr. Mark Sunberg to write the foreword for my first book and Jack Michael endorsed it. Dr. Cooper endorsed it. You know, it really built a lot of momentum that was surprising, but yeah. I still was kind <laughs> of um, naive to the fact that it would still be, I mean, it's selling better than ever my first book. So, you know, a lot of you probably have seen this. It's, it can be read by a novice parent, but it's also used as in many graduate programs um, for ABA. So it's in over a dozen languages. Um, and so I, I really actually didn't think I was gonna write another book. And I don't remember, maybe it's just like having a baby so long ago, you forget what it's like, you know, but like, this <laughs> is like, just feels bigger. It feels more, there's, you know, I know I have a big platform. I've um, been producing video blogs and podcasts and I'm, I'm basically an online marketer. Um, and so I realize, you know, the impact and, and I know how to get the word out. So this is, this feels bigger. Yeah. I definitely, um, it has been really fun to watch over the years that we've known each other. It's so interesting. I guess it's 11 years at this point, at least, that we've um, known each other and seen each other at conferences and presented together. Um, and to just watch, you know, things kind of transform with you and the online presence you've been able to create in the 
pe all the people, especially parents that you've been able to connect with and give them the skills that they need to be more confident um, being parents in general, but also directly working with uh, their little ones, especially if they're in places that don't have services or don't have the best services to provide. So thank you for all that you've done there. Yeah, it's been, it's been fun to watch your work too, because you've really, you know, always been very into dissemination and how we can get the word out more. And um, so it's, it's been nice to have people like you and other um, people that have podcasts and online presences to um, really try to move the ball forward, because there's plenty of autistic uh, children to go, you know, to, to be helped. There's plenty of families to be helped. There's plenty of behavior analysts and speech therapists who help as well um, to really move the science forward. Because I, I do think, I know you've, you've really specialized, you've been on my podcast a couple of times, but you really, um, really are against escape extinction and kind of some of the old school um, methods of ABA. And I've been, I've been the, right there with you, but I think you've, you've helped me and others articulate that better. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you. Um, so let's talk about your book a little bit. I had the pleasure of reviewing it before it's been coming out tomorrow, March 30th. Um, and I was so excited to look through it and see the content in there. Um, before I let Mary answer questions about her own book, I'll just talk about it for my, I'm doing a two minute Tuesday on it tomorrow. So I'll say more, but Mary and I were chatting before we started today. And I was commenting that even though the book is called turn autism around, especially for the times that we're living in right now and whether with the pandemic, but also just with technology, the way it is parenting does not come with a handbook at all. So the, a lot of the recommendations and ideas in the book, I think for parents in general, um, it's helpful to give them ideas for connecting with their children and creating a, a better relationship with them. So thank you again <laughs> for writing this book and, and putting this resource out there for parents. So my, I had a couple of questions for you. My first one, we'll go with the title of the book. What does uh, turn autism around mean for you? Yeah, so a lot of people have kind of this knee-jerk reaction to the title, Turn Autism Around. It's actually the name of my podcast as well, Turn Autism Around. And that's really when I came up with the title is when I was launching my podcast back in 2018. I, I took an online course from Pat Flynn, How to Start a Podcast. And, um, you know, he recommended that you put together three words <laughs> to be the podcast. And like, if your niche is sewing or horses or whatever, then you have that word in the title, obviously. And so, you know, I was playing around with words and that's when I came up with Turn Autism Around. Um, and really what Turn Autism Around means, it, it could mean different things for, for different people, but the, the subtitle of my book, I think is important to, to go along here is an action guide for parents of young children with early signs of autism. And um, I really, but turning autism around for a 20 month old who is starting to show signs of autism looks different than turning autism around for an 11 year old who's not toilet trained, who has severe autism. Um, and all it means is helping each child reach his or her fullest potential to be as safe as possible, as independent as possible, and as happy as possible. And so I want to help parents like now the rate when my son was diagnosed, Lucas was diagnosed back in um, 1999, the day before he turned three, he was diagnosed and the rate of autism was one in 500. And today it's about one in 50. And another statistic that is not known very much or not talked about much is that one in every six kids, eight-year-old kids have some kind of developmental di disorder diagnosed. So eight-year-olds, one in every six have either autism, ADHD, learning disabilities, speech disorders, cerebral palsy, intellectual disability. There's a couple more. 
So I want to get to the parents of very little kids, if possible. I mean, this book is going to be helpful to 10-year-olds who are struggling too. But my, my main goal with this book is to get to the parents of the really little kids. Because now with the rate being so high, now the waiting lists are horrendous for evaluations, for treatment. With yep. COVID in the mix, I mean, it's just gone yep. belly up. I mean, parents were already waiting in line nine months to two years for an evaluation. Then the world shut down. Uh, there's several people that joined my toddler preschool or online course who joined specifically because their evaluations were canceled and they were caught like with nothing. Um, and some of those case studies are just amazing. Actually, my my mentor and I, my BCBA mentor, Rick Kabina, Kabina and I are trying to publish a case study from chapter eight of this book um, because it, it has been such a remarkable story. This woman, Michelle, all of a sudden she posted in my toddler preschooler group, um, my daughter went from two words to 500 words and in a month. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and, and, you know, it was during COVID. She's like, I, I joined during COVID. I'm like, I, I want to talk to you. You know what I mean? Cause like, I was just like, what happened? And so we, we did pod, a podcast episode, podcast number 78. And Michelle talks about her journey and, and in addition to having that pre and post language sample, she also, which is described in chapter eight of my book, it also, um, she also had um, standardized speech testing before she started my course and immediately following my course, just by chance. Mm -hmm. She had um, two different speech um, evals done and it showed her progress um, on, on uh, four different um, speech testings. So anyway, we're, we're trying to get that published, but anyway, back to my book. So my book is really, um, it came out of me creating this toddler preschooler course. You talked in before we got started about my verbal behavior bundle course, which is early and intermediate course, which I started creating in 2015. And some of the people uh, that have taken the course, parents and professionals from over 80 countries have taken my online courses. And so I have that, but then in 2017, I was like, I have to go back down the mountain and gather up the worried parents of little kids who are waiting in line for evaluations. Because as a behavior analyst and a nurse and a mom, I know these people are very desperate for help. They need help. They're waiting, they're worrying, and they're missing the critical window of opportunity by waiting. Um, and I want to empower parents. So basically I took my toddler preschooler course and made it into a book. And I really wasn't thinking to write another book, but I decided to pull the trigger and I think it's going to be a good one. So in the book, it's, is it autism, ADHD or, or uh, speech delay is a chapter. The first chapter is autism is an, um, signs of autism are an emergency. So why is everybody waiting? Um, then we have a chapter on safety, which talks about the fact that one of my clients actually um, a couple of years after I worked with him, he wandered away from his home and drowned in a neighbor's pool. I had another client who got lost at the Statue of Liberty. Lots of stories in the book to show the importance of this because people learn through stories. And I think us as behavior analysts, not you and I necessarily, Megan, because we're, we're storytellers, but you know, a lot of um, behavior analysts don't realize like the importance of telling stories and, and really the techniques for marketing and even just the process of writing my book has helped me clarify my message, make it simpler, you know, constantly trying to make it simpler. And then other chapters are a whole chapter on assessment, chapter on planning, and then chapter on behavior reduction, two chapters on talking, one on basic and one on advanced. And then we have a social skill chapter, and then we have chapters on eating, sleeping, potty training, and another chapter on desensitization to aversive events like going to the doctor, dentist, haircuts, um, those sorts of things. So really, it's a, it's a, it covers a lot. <laughs> and people are like, is there anything about stem cell transplants? No, there's nothing about that. <laughs> <laughs> like how much could I possibly cover? You know, what I mean? gosh, Mary, why? 
why didn't you get that in there? Yeah, I remember when I saw when you sent me um, the stuff so I could write a review. I was like, oh my goodness, <laughs> there is so much information in here. Right, but it, it doesn't. It's it's very meaty, and it's very much like um, you might not be ready to tackle potty training. Um, so you're going to have to come back here. You know what I mean? Or yeah. it's not going to be the kind of book that you can read and give away because you're going to need it. Um, somebody on my, I have a book launch team of seven, of 760 parents, professionals, um, and they're all helping me promote the, the book and, and they all pre-ordered the book. And, and somebody said, this is, she read the first three chapters and she's like, this is going to be an autism Bible for people. Um, oh. <laughs> and I know, I know my, me reading Catherine Maurice's book was kind of my Bible. And then I wrote my, my first book. And I know that's been a Bible to some people, but this is, this is a lot easier to implement, easier to read lots of stories. Um, I didn't know anything about online marketing or simplifying my message very much. Even the process of writing the book helped me, you know, get my four steps, which is, uh, assessment, planning, intervening, and evaluating using easy data. It's the scientific method. And we just are helping parents and professionals. Okay. You have, you know, Johnny's on the floor. Okay. Let's assess, let's plan, let's intervene yep. and let's evaluate. <laughs> and it's like, people just get into this, you know, he's biting his arm. What should we do? It's like, well, we have to go back to is he talking? How old is he? What are his milestones? Wait, you know, um, even his diet or pacifier use, like there's so many complications that parents and professionals really need to like, look at the forest, not the trees and like, uh, be smart about it. I think <laughs> there's so many great things you just said. Um, but that last part of what you said too, I think a lot of the times, especially now in, in the world we live in, people want like really simple, fast fixes and answers for things. And you've kind of done both because you have that four-step process, right? So like that framework can be applied and it's easy to get that down, but it's not as, sim it's not so simple. It's not like you just said, it's going to depend, especially like on the toileting or feeding or whatever the thing is that comes up. It's not going to be like, oh, here you go. Here's your one thing that you have to do. I don't need any more information from you. It's just this thing, right? So you've kind of taken and simplified things for people in the reality of what exists to be effective. <laughs> and I, that's one of the things I've always loved about you with the verbal behavior approach. I think I got that right after graduate school and I read it on the plane in like an hour maybe. And the whole, and I literally like, I don't even know what, do you remember what month it came out in, in 2007? It, it was April. Okay. Yeah. So I, I think I was going um, to or from ABAI and um, I might've even bought it at ABAI. Yeah. Yep. It came out right before. Yeah. Right before ABAI. Yeah. Okay. So I probably bought it there and then I was reading it on the plane on the way home. So I had just finished graduate school. I had taken my comp exam, but I hadn't taken, um, I was not a BCBA yet. I was a BCABA. And the, like, there were so many things in there that I read and I was like, well, why didn't we, like, I knew the concept, but I was like, but why didn't nobody ever say it this way? This makes so much more sense. And I can give this to parents and they'll understand instead of me being there, like trying to spit out a bunch of terms at them. Right. 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 <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and um, Dr. Cooper who wrote, you know, co-wrote the, the white book. Um, he, he endorsed it after, after it was published and I met him, I actually met him at a book signing at ABAI and he, I gave him the book and he wrote a blurb and he said, um, I, I, how I wish I would have had this verbal behavior approach book in 25 years for the last 25 years, as I've tried to be teaching this, you know, <laughs> this and BF Skinner's verbal behavior book were, were needed to really teach. And um, yeah, so 
it, it's just a process. So turn autism around is not about curing autism. It's about helping each child get to their fullest potential. And so it's this, taking the science of applied behavior analysis, taking the verbal behavior approach and the science of using Skinner's analysis of verbal behavior. It's taking my background as a registered nurse for over 30 years. It's taking my background as a mom to a son with moderate severe autism who needs lifelong care and supervision at this point, as well as my experiences as a mom to a son who's in medical school, a typically developing gifted son. Um, it's, it's taking all that, my, my work as an advocate for Lucas and for all kids. And, and it's also taking my experience in the online marketing space to really get the message out as much as possible. Because I think there's, there's a lot of brilliant people out there, but unfortunately um, they're, they're dying with all of this information, you know, gone are the days where you can just go to conferences and, and, you know, send an email and, and read papers. And it's just, it's like we, two decades have gone by since Lucas's diagnosis. And unfortunately, I don't think we're in that great of a shape. Um, and I think there's still, and now we've got an influx of kids with needs. And um, I think, I think there's a whole lot more work to do. Yeah, I think that influx is going to continue to increase, especially with the pandemic and everything. A lot of um, a lot of people are in survival mode and even the interactions that they would have been having with their children maybe can't because of all the other things that are going on. Um, and just, I don't know, I don't know necessarily that diagnosis rates will increase, meaning you know, most diagnoses have some genetic factor to them. So I'm not saying like our genetics have changed, but stress can change, you know, epigenetics. So it'll be interesting to see what happens for people that are in childbearing age that are living through the times we're living through right now and what effect that has, you know, as they have children in the future. Um, that's going down a whole different route. So I'm not going to go there right now. But. Well, no, I, I think it's a good point. There's a New York Times article about autism, diagnosing autism in the pandemic. And, and this MD who wrote it, um, she said, you know, there are toddlers, two-year-olds, one-year-olds, 18-month-olds who've spent half their lives in isolation. And, you know, you think of it, like, that's how, how do you know your child is delayed unless they're going out into the community, you're, they're going to their cousin's house and you're like comparing them or, yeah. or they're going to circle time at the library, story time, they're, they haven't even gone to the grocery store. And so, and then they're wearing masks and there's, you know, there's, it's hard to, to tell these social differences. And um, in my book in chapter nine on advanced talking, I, I was contacted during the pandemic by, and I don't talk about the pandemic in my book because like my first book, I wanted this to be as evergreen as possible. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want in 20 years of going, what's COVID, you know, like hopefully we'll forget about it in 20 years. I don't know. But, you know, this, this mom contacted me. I, I used to work with her older son who had moderate severe autism. And she had, she has a little boy who was just turning three, but he'd been out of daycare for three months and basically had way too much screen time, was just roaming around and he was causing fusses for things. And she wanted me to evaluate him. She's like, oh my God, I think he might have autism. And I went over and it was really, like you said, just parenting, you know, just giving in when he's, he's screaming yellow car, you know, ah, what the, you know, he's grabbing and the parents are saying like, We're, that's Miss Mary's yellow car. We'll buy you a yellow car as he's screaming. I'm like, okay, stop talking. <laughs> this is just like feeding yeah. the situation. And so, you know, he got back into daycare. I gave them some tips, you know, I told them to get a, a language evaluation, but he had he had full language when he wasn't tantruming. He's like, fly it to the roof, which he meant the ceiling, but that's fine for a just newly turned three-year-old. But then when he'd scream, he'd go, my, me, car, you know? And it's like, okay, his language is deteriorating because of all these problem behaviors. And these problem behaviors are just caused by not bad parenting, just like, survival mode like you said like all right just I gotta do work here's the iPad go <laughs> yeah yeah 
And, and even just that, like, you know, um, being a behavior analyst and the amount of stress that we're under right now as humans, um, and it ebbs and flows at this point, thankfully, but especially several months ago. And I think we're, what's interesting is like, especially I live in Florida, things are open here. We still wear masks. I don't go to indoor places. I haven't been inside a grocery store for a year, but at this point, it's just entertainment value for me to say that. <laughs> like, it's just convenient to buy groceries online. Um, but so we're being, I'm being safe anyway, but it's still just living under this cloud of COVID of things still being so different and not getting human interaction with my good friends or family and things like that. So that, you know, the longer that goes on, the more stress that causes. And I have, um, I would hope pretty good parenting skills and behavior management skills. And a lot of the times I'm more operating again, from that survival standpoint of just like, what can get me through this the fastest? <laughs> like, how can we just get on to the next thing? I do not have the spoons right now to deal with a tantrum or whatever. So um, I, I don't even know how people who maybe haven't learned about those types of things, you know, what, what they would be doing right now. And that's why I think, again, your book really could be for anyone at this point. to just mm -hmm. get some good reminders and tips for just parenting in general. Yeah, it, it really, if you have a child who's not conversational, like nothing wrong, but not conversational yet, have problem with tantrum, sleep, eating, potty training, going to the doctor, wearing a mask, anything like that. I feel like this every parent help. has to have at least one of those. If you, <laughs> if you, <laughs> if you have a child right now between, and one of those things is not an issue, right. you're lying to yourself. Especially of a young child, but even <laughs> older kids. I mean, these, these techniques could help um, reduce tantrums and keep your child engaged. And um, yeah, so, you know, we'll see, we'll see who gets the book. I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be big. I don't know. We'll see. And another thing it's, it's not just for parents because I, I think I see it already in the launch team in my private Facebook groups, which both have about 700 parents and professionals in there. I see a lot of um, where can I go for ABA therapy that uses Mary's approach that uses the turn autism around approach that uses the verbal behavior approach and, and really the turn autism around approach is the verbal behavior approach, but with some more caveats, because remember, I wrote the first book in 2007. So I have changed my stint, like, um, you know, I have a chart in, in the behavior reduction one that, you know, outlines like for escape, you know, basically escape extinction is on there. I would never make a chart with escape extinction on there. I mean, I'll call it escape extinction, but it is. And um, now I don't do that, you know, and I talk a little bit about positive practice in my first book on toileting. I wouldn't recommend that now ever, you know, and so it's, it's a lot more, I mean, my first book is child-friendly, but this is like, child-friendly completely and really, really common sense stuff. Um, and so it, it is going to fill the need though. I mean, we're going to need, we're going to need behavior analysts, professionals, RBTs, speech pathologists who know this because once a parent reads this book, they are going <laughs> to come to and they are, <laughs> they are going to be involved. They're going to want to be involved. They're going to be questioning goals. They're going to be questioning practices that aren't child-friendly. They're going to be questioning why they can't, they come in and observe. They're going to be questioning why you're not looking at their language samples that they're taking at home, why you're not helping them with sleep, even though that's not school-based or clinic-based. And I don't mean to sick these parents on you, but it's going to happen <laughs> because a gun home do, parent. But I feel like we do too. Cause you know, I mean, it's in the name, but we all need to do better and it's helpful to hear. It's helpful, but it, it's not surprising because I know you Mary, but unfortunately there are not enough behavior analysts who would say, I wrote a book in 2007 and I've changed in 2021. That's, 14 years. I mean, obviously you wrote this before 2021, you've been working on it for a bit, but that's a, a lot of time where hopefully all of us would have changed and, and worked on doing better. And a lot of people are still doing the same stuff they were trained on in 2007. 
that they that they oh, and they're that doing their supervisors that... were trained on in 1990. <laughs> right. No, and and that's the problem is there's a lot of people that are not even up to snuff with my 2007 book in terms of procedures. They are still operating from the from the Loba study and the Catherine Maurice books. And that's why I wrote my first book was because everything was in my head because I worked for seven years with the Pennsylvania Verbal Behavior Project. Um, and I knew that I had to do that, that I couldn't recommend those books anymore. Um, the books that I used that guided me, that gave me hope. And so I needed to write this, this first book. Um, but the problem is, is that um, many of the, the parents in my online community are, are kind of on an island, like now they know what to do. How do they convince, teach the professionals what to do? And it's like, well, this is too complicated. Like my verbal behavior bundle course. I mean, that's early and intermediate that goes through all of the BB map. We talk all about pairing and manding and all of the basic stuff, the color control, conditional discrimination, transfer procedures. You know, why should a parent know all this? And then the professionals like, what's a transfer procedure, you know? And then the intermediate course, we cover how to teach prepositions, pronouns, intraverbal webbing, how to teach showering, how to teach dressing, uh, how to teach reading, math, writing, um, language for learning, there's a whole lesson. How to teach yes and no, there's a whole lesson. It's like, you can't, as a parent, read this book or take my courses and spoon feed that. Like, it's obviously more complicated. And to a well-trained behavior analyst or speech pathologist, having the tool in the toolbox right. and learning more is what we need. Now, I don't know that I'm going to be able or want to create like a certification or a, an advanced coaching program for professionals, but any professional that reads Turn Autism Around will be in much better shape to at least know how to work with families to, to make them the captain of the ship, to um, work with them because they're the ones that are going to be in the child's life their whole lifetime. And they're the ones that have the biggest thing to win or lose here. Um, you know, I had one teacher when I was in a classroom early in my career, probably 2004. And this kid, this is like a hundred pound, eight-year-old laying on the floor, kicking and screaming. And she's like restraining him. And I'm like, okay, that can't happen. Like, and she basically told me I was there for verbal behavior and then behavior reduction was somebody else's job. And I'm like, oh Lord, you know, I mean, this is very early. And I was just like, no, that can't happen. I'm like, he's going to be 16 years old and he's going to be 200 pounds. And then what are we going to do? Like, you can't just you know, move kids along. Like we have to get him um, manding and happy. And so I said, he's going to be 200 pounds and 16. And she, so she looked at me and she said, well, I'm not going to be his teacher then. And I was just like, <laughs> wow. You know, he's still going to have his parents and, and he's not going to have a good life if he's aggressive at 16 and 200 pounds. He's already not having a good life at 100 pounds and eight years old. So I really think that my parent hat, my nurse hat, my advocate hat, and my behavior analyst hat has really enabled me to speak to both parents and professionals at the same time with the same ling language and give them hope, move them forward. Um, as best as possible. <laughs> yeah, I think um, it was funny when you were talking, I was thinking about how even for professionals who have maybe read the verbal behavior approach, maybe took your courses kind of are at that point where they're like, oh, I know all the things. Uh, the One of the nice things about the Turn Autism Around book is similar to what I said about when I read the verbal behavior approach, your just unique writing style and way of explaining things so even as a professional, when I read this, there's some good reminders, right? Like a lot of the things, it's information I already know, having been in the field for so long, but it's, it's new, new, newly stated how it's presented. And then that gives ideas for how to talk to parents and families about it as well, or being able to like read the book um, with a family, not that we would assign it or anything because parents have enough <laughs> 
stress they're going through, but if a parent is interested in reading it um, and then being able to both talk about it because I've read it as well is obviously going to be more helpful than if I haven't read it and a parent's coming to me trying to ask me questions about it and things like that. So I, I appreciate how you write it in a way that is connecting with parents, but also beneficial for clinicians too. Yeah, I think it's, um, I think it gives you some, some new tools in your toolbox and, and for all the, all the assessment form, the planning form, the, um, sleep assessment, feeding, uh, feeding assessment, everything that's in this book in terms of those types of, uh, uh, assessment tools are in one PDF that you can get for free at turnautismaround.com. So you can learn more about the book, you can order the book, and you can get a one or I think it's two pages of chapter by chapter, everything I say in this book, that's going to be a free resource so that you're going to be able to take the assessment and it's a PDF fillable form. So, so that's it nice. can actually look legit. Like we can, this isn't, you know, approved by insurance that my little assessment form, but you know what, even if you have a BB map or peak assessment or whatever kind of assessment, you do the one page assessment and the one page plan with the parent, um, because that will really drive you, you know, on the BB map or the peak assessment, there's nowhere for parents to, to let you know that there's a severe peanut allergy or a latex allergy, or um, there's nothing on there to say that they're addicted to a pacifier, which is gonna affect eating and talking. There's nowhere on there that's gonna say that the kid drools or has sleep problems or sleeps with their parent every night or eats. I had this one um, client whose mom came in and he was six years old, he was able to eat Cheerios and corn chips and stuff. And I was doing the one page assessment back then. And it was like my rough copy back then. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, how, how's his diet? Well, he eats corn chips, French fries, you know, Cheerios. And I'm like, oh, how about fruits and vegetables? This is a six-year-old that goes to school. And she, mom had just told me that she was in financial straits. And I'm like, okay, how about vegetables, fruits, or meats? And mom said, well, only in the baby food. And I was like, oh, you're giving him baby food. Okay. How many jars of baby food do you give him a week? You know, cause she had just, we had just talked about the fact that he wasn't potty trained. It was causing her finance. Her husband was fighting a war uh, in Kuwait or somewhere. And I was just like, okay, he gets baby food. Like, not like what, <laughs> you know, Yeah. <laughs> you give him baby food. He can chew as well. You give him baby food. What the heck are you doing? I just like, oh, okay. You give him baby food. How many jars of baby food? And I don't know how much baby food costs, but I remember years ago, you know, it wasn't cheap. Yeah. And she's like, we, we buy 52 jars of baby food a week. Look, where are you going to capture that data? Right. Nowhere. Nowhere. I had a nine-year-old who was, I, I didn't know she was so um, conversant and everything. And so I had my mom fill out the one page form before I went and I get there and the girl is like fully conversational. So the mom, you know, at some point she's like, oh, I did your form. And I'm thinking, well, the form is not really going to be that helpful. It's like, does a child request? Does they point? But I, um, she filled it out. I looked at it. She's nine years old straight A student, no diagnosis, but she's pro has a lot of problem behaviors at this point. So I look at the one page form here. She's wearing diapers every night. I'm like, oh, so she's wearing diapers every night. And then the mom, I'm like, is she, is she peeing? Is she wetting them? And she's like, well, she has this thing where she gets up, she pees in the diaper in her room and she takes it off and puts it on the floor and then gets dressed. And then the mom has to pick up the dirt, the wet diaper. Like it was just this weird ritual. Like who is ever gonna find that out? Like, <laughs> and so I think as clinicians, especially if you're a school or clinic based, you're missing a lot of the boat of what's happening in these homes that you could really help the parents identify and treat their, their main issues whether it yeah. be not potty trained, eating baby food, but running into their bed for 10 years like Lucas did. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I've always appreciated those resources. Um, I'll never forget the toilet training toolkit when you did that several years ago. I don't even know how long now, probably 
10 now on Zoom. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was 10 years ago. It was 2011. Yeah. Um, and when that came out and I was considered, consider myself pretty skilled in toilet training programs, but even again, knowing what I know, just the way you design things, it was so much um, simpler to look at. And there were a few questions on there. It was like, oh, I've never thought to ask about these things before. So uh, again, appreciate you sharing those resources with us and helping us have better tools for pretty much common things we have to do with our jobs. And some of them, like you said, are questions we should be asking, but may not even know to ask. So thank you. So you like the one page assessment really cues you in on the things I think are most important over the years. This one page assessment has really developed and it can be done in 10 minutes. So like what a great snapshot, even if you have reams of other assessments, it's just a really good place to start. Yeah. And it ties well, in, like you mentioned, restart. Like, yeah, restart or start. What you had mentioned too, um, and I think a lot of people, I mean, they obviously know you as a behavior analyst, but you have your, your nursing degree as well. Um, so it's not, it's your own practical experience in the field, but also bringing in that medical background too. There's again, going to be questions you would come up with as a practitioner that I wouldn't even know to ask about. So I think having right. that unique, and of course, as a parent, so that combined the intersection of all of those different experiences for you come up with tools that a lot of us wouldn't be able to create. <laughs> yeah, I do think that my experience as a registered nurse, I always worked in the neurologic field. And also I, I had my master's in nursing administration from the University of Penn. And so there I took courses when I was at Penn, I took courses at the Wharton Business School in marketing, management, those sorts of things too. But when working with neurologic impaired patients like stroke patients, people with head injuries, spinal cord injuries, and a lot of these patients had to learn to relearn how to dress themselves. They were maybe incontinent, they maybe had constipation and like all of these things that I knew and have known for 30 years you know, and then when I go to potty train both my boys, and then as I potty train, help to potty train all the clients and on online participants, um, it really is quite handy to have this medical background. And, and all along, I was also trying to take things down to the patient level, like somebody would come in and say, oh, you have a stage four glioblastoma and blah, 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 and talk in all these technical terms. And then I was left with the patient who was worried in the family that I had to explain it in simpler terms. And I think that's really helped me too. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, you've kind of touched on this a little bit, but are there any like major differences between, I mean, I think there's a lot of major differences, so I should rephrase that. What would you say is some of the top differences between the turn autism around book and the verbal behavior approach? Yeah, so I wrote the verbal behavior approach when Lucas was like nine or 10. And so I was a behavior analyst um, for three years um, at this point. I was working with the Pennsylvania Verbal Behavior Project for three years. And so I would say that I wrote the verbal behavior approach book basically for those kids who were in the verbal behavior classrooms were in the autism classrooms who had moderate to severe autism. Um, I talk a little bit about, you know, if they're younger, you should really get on it. Um, but most of the people um, that found my book uh, were, were parents of, of older kids who already had a lot of um, needs. And then also I was because I was working in the Verbal Behavior Project, I was working with teachers, speech therapists, uh, paraprofessionals, anybody that would listen, and a little, some to parents, but um, it, it, I think it's, it's more um, for professionals and parents of older kids, like my early learner course and my Verbal Behavior Bundle. Although the intermediate course is, not in either of these these books. Like chapter nine of my new book is on advanced talking. And I basically go over the mistakes people make, but I, I was like, I can't get into like interverbal webbing or how to teach preposition. Like, it's just too much. That's more like videos and step-by-step -step on yeah. my, in my courses. But so I'd say 
it the the turn autism around course is much newer. Um, it's for younger kids with signs of autism. I mean, I even hesitated to put autism in the title because it is really for parents of kids with delays. And I know that that it's going to be a turnoff for some people. They're not going to want to read the book. I have a section in, in chapter one where I say, basically, uh, I know you might. So this is on page 15, the A word. One thing you're going to have to get over is using the A word. The woman who suggested Lucas try ABA, even if he only had a speech delay, gave me permission I needed to look into autism. The strategies outlined in this book should work when used by caregivers or professionals trying to help any young child with any social communication delays, sensory processing issues, severe tantrums, or those having difficulties with sleeping, eating, potty training, or going into the community. So if you picked up this book and don't want to use or read the word autism, I get it but keep reading, please. So, you know, it's it's not, just like my first book, it's not a lot of references. I do talk about the work of Ami Klin, who I think is really making some groundbreaking um, research. And he has a patent pending on a machine to um, help early diagnosis through eye tracking on videos. And I did a whole podcast on that, just a solo show. I couldn't get him on the podcast. So I did a solo show on <laughs> what I learned from him. I think that's episode 94, but I do talk about his work a little bit. I, you know, I have references, but it's, it's not, it's not heavily referenced because most of it is stuff I created ba based on the work of amazing people. I mean, right. I'm standing on the uh, these shoulders of giants, but it is simplified step-by-step parents can use it. Lots of stories because people learn through stories and case studies. Um, I did work with a professional writer. I worked with a professional writer for both books. Tracy Rasmussen is on the cover of my first book. She helped me write it. She's a journalist. And I wrote with a, um, this book. I had a uh, book doctor, ghost writer, whatever you want to call it, um, <laughs> who has uh, helped to publish 10 Hay House books. So she was really good too with formatting and knowing what Hay House wanted and what Hay House didn't want. Um, I was a little nervous because this is like a real, real publisher <laughs> and they were great to work with. And the book is published through Hay House, but distributed through Penguin Random. So it's, it's um, really has a lot of, of good things behind it. But um, the book was, was really easy, easier to have help with because of my podcast, like the safety podcast, the safety bonus video, the transcripts of that were the guts of the chapter on safety. So in some ways she could write those chapters really easily um, with my input and it's all in my voice, but then the really meaty ones, the behavior reduction, the talking basics, talking advanced social skills, I had to pretty much write those from scratch because I have too much information on that. And it yeah. wasn't able to be, you know, I wasn't able to get a lot of help with those, but yeah, it's, it's exciting. Tomorrow's the big day. Yay. I, well, uh, um, I have another thing happening in a few minutes, uh, actually work okay. stuff. Oh. <laughs> it's rare <laughs> that I have a consult, but I do have one. Um, so I'm, it's been so wonderful listening and talking to you. I know tomorrow for anyone who's on clubhouse that Mary has a thing at 3 PM Eastern. Do you remember what the room is called? What you all decided? I don't to know. Do? I don't know. But if you follow me, Mary Barbera on clubhouse, I'm going to be a co-host. So if you follow me, you should get notified that I'm in there. So three o'clock um, tomorrow on the 30th. So three 30 at three o'clock. Oh, I'll be on clubhouse. <laughs> Come in if you've ordered the book or you've read the book. I mean, it's going to be out tomorrow in hardback. Um, and I don't know when it's going to actually be delivered. Um, hopefully soon. And then it's in Kindle tomorrow and on Audible. I did read the book, which was kind of fun. Um, <laughs> so you can get that on Audible as well. And then so turn autism, turn yeah. autism Tell everybody, you know, um, it's going to be big and I'm excited. So thank you for having me on. And yes. um, if anybody has any comments or questions, put them in the chat and then I'll, I'll swing back over and answer any of them if, if you need me to. 
That's wonderful. Thank you, Mary. And thank you again for all that you've been doing. Um, people always comment to me like how they don't know how I do all the things. And I'm like, do you know there are other people that are doing more things than me? So um, your online community has just been phenomenal and such a need for, you know, especially during COVID and all of the things that have been happening in the world. Um, a lot of families that wouldn't have resources have been able to connect with your resources and the videos that you have on your website. So thank you for that. Um, and just as a final closing for those of you who are maybe just catching this, we are doing a conference um, called Oh Hey BCBAs. And that is starting, or it's just a one day, you can attend live or you can watch the recordings and it's on April 23rd. So I'm going to post the link to that in the chat. Um, Part of the reason that I had Mary on today was because she has graciously donated her one of her courses for part of a prize that we're doing. So if you follow Defy um, on Instagram or Facebook, if you look in the chat, I've posted the links there for Defy. The contest will start on Wednesday or Thursday and Defy is creating a BCBA survival guide. So Mary has contributed one of her online courses as part of that survival packet. And there will be a lot of other kit um, items in the kit as well. So stay tuned to Defy for more information about that. And Mary, thank you so, so much for joining me today and chatting about your book and catching up. I feel like I, you I know, know, don't get to see people anymore. I'm like <sighs> counting down the days until we can have in person. And so funny because with Mary, especially, I'm always like, are you actually going to go to the conference this year? <laughs> Will you be there? Because I really want to see your face. Um, and every once in a while I can convince her, but now you really have to make an appearance. <laughs> I know once this, once this world opens up again, I definitely want to try to get together because I really do miss conferences and meeting with people and interacting. I feel like I, I miss traveling. I miss a lot. So um, I think we'll, we'll be back hopefully hopefully this year, if not 2022, for sure. Yeah. Hey, you know, Faba is in Miami this year in the end of September. So maybe that could be your first in-person conference, depending on how things are looking. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we'll All see. Right. We'll see. Florida's not a, not a bad trip. So yeah. <laughs> I All could right. be Bye, convinced. Everyone. <laughs> I'm All gonna right. Turn see off ya. Thank Facebook you. Live.